Hey guys, Connor from the Ticket Stub, and you are listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZW LP Conroe and 106.1 KZCC LP Conroe and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Hello, everybody. Good afternoon, sort of. Yes, it is afternoon. It is. Welcome to Toast of the Town with Christy and Mel. And across the table from me is my Uber talented. Um, stop it. Stop it. <laughs> Partner in crime, uh, Christy Leggett. It is. And I'm Melanie Shuttle, of course. Yeah, and it's a yucky day in downtown Connor today. But It is. It is. Chamber so, of Commerce slipped up. Yeah, you know, but you, know, you got to have those. Yeah. Got to have those. Got to gotta have the rain it's, if you, you want know, the rain Well, you know, it's a it's a good rainy day. It's a It would be perfect mm-hmm. if all I had to do it today was, like, sit on my couch. <laughs> but I can't sit on my couch today. But that's okay. I'm here, so that makes it absolutely, yes. absolutely. We have, uh, we have just chilly weather on the way. So, okay, so I, I just got back from my Vegas trip, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and it was nice and cool. It felt good outside, sunshine, nice, cool. Because I've been to Vegas in July, so you know, yeah, yeah, a little bit, a little. Yeah. It was nice and refreshing. And so, I flew in yesterday, got out, and I was like, oh, so muggy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then. And then I had a meeting because, you know, what I do. And when you came out, it was was cold. Uh And I was like, what the heck? And so then I start looking and and we got, it's going to be 15 degrees on Monday. Yes. The low of 15 and a high of 30. And we're expecting snow. Good news, though. They can't make the kids pay back a snow day because it's already a holiday. Just crazy. So, yeah, it's like, um, you know. You know, went to know. went to Vegas and it's like six days of really snotty weather. I know it looks like you know rain snotty today. Weather. Definitely rain tomorrow. Semi nice weekend, and then and then it's just gonna get cold. Just so cold. so we have with us today, Lindsay. You know, you know Lindsay because she's here all the time. <laughs> we love her. I know. So hey, Lindsay. I'm back. <laughs> You know, that right there is cause for celebration. Yeah. Cheers. 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 Yes. Yes. Hey, Dumas Lens. Mm. Mm. Better. Getting better. Getting better by the second. Getting better Mm. by the bubble. (laughs) (laughs) It is uh, Wednesday. It is Wednesday. It is Wednesday. It's hump day. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, with this weather, my hair was like, oh, it's it's frizzy hair day, right? And so I was like. Hat day. It's hat day. It's hat day. I yeah, like I, hat day. I, I I should really take up the whole hat thing because um, mine my my roots have never been this long. I have white <laughs> roots sticking out about an inch, y'all, and mine's all covered up. It cost me you know twenty dollars in spray to mm-hmm. color spray, but anyway. So that's tomorrow though. Right. Gonna take care of that tomorrow. Anyway. Yep. yep. So so anything going on in your world? Um, oh, so I went to East County Republican Women last night. Gather around, kids. It's story time about Sarah. Oh, <laughs> yay! We so uh, she, of course, you know, she's used to a campaign trail where she was the star of the show, mm-hmm. and she had her little chores and her job of handing out push cards and promoting her daddy. Well, she was sitting there pouting. And I'm like, <laughs> what's your problem? Is she love bored? kids. Yeah, well, yeah. she's like... I miss campaigning. I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, I don't have anything to pass out. And I just want to like pass stuff out and say hi to everybody. And so Judge Laird was actually the speaker that night. Well, she had some brochures that she needed to hand it out. And so she's like, here, Sarah, you can go pass these out. Man, that kid snatched those up and was like passing those out like trick-or-treating candy. And then she was over by the door and talking to uh Judge Gilbert, because he was there with the roses, yeah, passing yeah, those out, yeah. and they're B- BFFs now. Oh, and, well, that's easy for Sarah. Right, yeah. right. Everybody and, wants to be Sarah's yeah, BFF. Yeah, so, yeah. So she is for hire. Um, okay, well, good. For we should, campaigning. We'll, we'll add her list. We'll, we'll add her. Well, she could be on the fundraiser list. Before, yeah, you know, yeah. Absolutely. Well, next time you'll have a, a, a candidate yeah. here at the radio show, have her come in and interview them. <laughs> Because she has, she's like, I'm going to interview candidates, and I'm going to be like, what's your favorite color? And I'm like, 
what's the color matter? She's like, it's a trick question because it should be red because it's Republican. I'm like, <laughs> OMG. <laughs> She's like a I little sponge. Yeah. yeah. Like a yeah. little sponge. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Well, it's crazy. And, and she she is the product of two really smart and really different people. <laughs> so she had a she had a she had a chance of being like way like this or like way like jelly right. you know <laughs> well she didn't have a chance of being quiet no no <laughs> Amen. And, I I don't mean, and i don't mean that as an insult by any stretch of the imagination from someone who comes from the same line of genetics right but uh but no i mean her personality shines through it's so funny she is just She's hilarious she is, she is. Like, smart as a whip well and I'm, I'm afraid to bring her on of course she found out i'd let the cat oh. out of the bag i was coming on today and she's like, oh, am I going? I'm like, you have school. And she, again, the face was like, mm. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm sorry. But. All right. So we, we've got a spring break show in the making. I for, know. For, for, yeah. For sure. Sounds like yeah. a great plan. But Lindsay isn't our only guest today. No. Oh, no. 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 We've got another one. I know. Miss <laughs> <laughs> Katie Cross I'm Bears so excited. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you. You are as busy as a bear. Yes, <laughs> um, because During I the see fall. I see you all over the place, um, and it's so funny uh, because I, whenever the show announcement came out, I saw some of my friends are like, "Oh yeah, Katie," and I was yeah. like, "Everybody knows Katie." Yes, yeah. except a, me, apparently. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. And now I think we need to get to know each other. Exactly. We can go down exactly. and have lunch. Yes, uh, but you are. Yes, you, you are just nonstop. Yeah. Yeah. Leaving so, the world better than we found it. Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. You and, and your sweet bear husband. Oh, my gosh, yeah. I love your sweet bear <laughs> husband who dons the, the bear suit all the time. Tell us about Bears Etc. So Bears Etc. is a almost four-year-old uh, nonprofit grassroots organization. We leave the world better than we found it by rescuing exotic animals out of the pet trade, connecting people with nature, and giving both the people and animals a piece of the wild, the P-E-A-C-E, that comes with being out in nature, breathing the fresh air, um, and just the natural settings and habitats of what they would naturally live in. So how in the world did you end up with this idea and I and I love it and I can remember the first few times that I met Katie and but and I want to get to that in a little bit but tell me tell me how this got started so over 25 years ago uh, I was in high school where I went to school half a day and worked half a day at a veterinary hospital. And on my afternoons off from the veterinary hospital, I was a high school intern mm -hmm. at what we dub a roadside attraction, a backyard menagerie. I raised tiger cubs and monkeys and um, worked with cougars and all kinds of animals in this backyard menagerie. And then um, went to vet tech school and realized that I wanted to have my own facility one day, mm -hmm. not knowing exactly what I wanted to do. Right. Uh, while I was in vet tech school at Purdue, I was a wildlife rehabber, got my first paid zookeeper position, all of that, and just kind of figuring out along the way. I was working for a pet corporation, uh, became a dog groomer because zookeeping and other uh, industries don't make that much. Right. Um, and so I was like, okay, what can I do? How can I manage this? So um, became a manager for that corporation and then came back full circle after realizing that that corporation wanted everything to be cookie cutter. Like each right. dog needed to look the same in the grooming shop and it was all about the dollar signs and not about the animals, right. you know, and stuff. So I really had to switch gears and uh, came back full circle to actually manage that facility in Northeast Indiana that I had started at, but now they're a sanctuary. Wow. So learning the ropes of what true sanctuaries were and then realizing that bears are the most underserved and they just happen to be my favorite animal. And this is comes from uh, when I was little collecting teddy bears and bears, you know, and stuff like that. And so I was just like, and the first two bears I met were retired circus performers. So that kind of set in stone mm -hmm. that, this is kind of what I needed to do. And so after several years of working at that facility in Northeast Indiana and wanting to get back to Texas, I had moved back and forth a couple times with um, the corporate job. And I was like, okay, this is what, this is what I'm going to do. And it just so happens that like two days ago, it popped up in my Facebook memories that I was working on my business plan back 2009 mm -hmm. for the facility, you know, that was going to come to fruition. Wow. So, yeah. So, and since you started, so the, the first couple of times I met you were at different chamber events. And, mm -hmm. and I think like everybody else, the first thought was 
bears <laughs> in Montgomery yeah. County? Yeah. We have bears? I mean, I've known some Baylor bears that need right. to be locked up here and there. But, well, um, and it's ironic that it's in Montgomery. I know. Yeah. We didn't even know moving here. We, I swear, like, we did not know that there were Montgomery bears, and we do live in Montgomery. Uh-huh. We just happened to end up there. You know, it's very much a God thing yeah. um, that um, we wanted to move – somewhere that was in within an hour you know you do the studies and stuff within an hour of a big metropolis because mm-hmm. that's about the extent people will drive for a spur of the moment yeah. type of thing right um a&m has a vet school that does exotics mm-hmm. um so we wanted to be within an hour of houston within an hour of a&m because um dallas currently has five accredited sanctuaries so uh global federation of animal uh sanctuary accreditations and so there were none here so yeah. there's no accredited sanctuaries in the houston area holy cow yeah. and so we're like okay we're going to be bringing the first accredited sanctuary so that was kind of cool uh the other thing is the bears are moving back into east texas the wild bears that once lived here mm-hmm. um and so we're like okay this is like the perfect place for us to be to be that front line of a defense for the wild bears but also bring a true sanctuary to the Houston area for people to visit. And um, so that kind of solidified this area for us in coming here. Historical note. Mm-hmm. Um, so many, uh, several of the cabins at Sam Houston's home up in Huntsville mm-hmm. were located in Montgomery and along the, the also along the uh, Sanderson River. And they they used to leave there and go out and go bear hunting. And I was like, oh, my gosh, in east, southeast Texas, are you kidding me? And they said, no, really, there used to be a lot of bears around here. Yeah. And it was a big deal with Sam Mm -hmm. Houston and that whole little gang back then. Yeah. Okay. So there. There are stories and news articles of them uh, (laughs) shooting bears from the courthouse, the original courthouse here in Conroe, because the bears were coming out of, you know, the National Forest and stuff when they were building. Yeah. So you started off, the first initial campaign was just to do it a dollar at a time. Yes. So we were looking for, you know, a million people to donate a dollar. It was our million bear march. Yeah. That's what we called it. And, you know, many of the chambers got involved um, as I got involved, Mm -hmm. you know, with the chambers. And then, um, yeah, with our first year after, you know, after our first year. So, um, but a lot of people didn't. You know, when you're a fresh new nonprofit, a lot of people are skeptical about what you're doing. They're also when they don't understand what a true sanctuary is. It's not like a zoo. It's peaceful mm-hmm. and kids don't run around and there's there's education, but there's not like a lot of things for it's more of this is their home. You can it's come more visit of a natural them. setting. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, I wish everyone could like jump in my car and go with me to, you know, other true sanctuaries and what they look like and get a feel for that to mm-hmm. realize what we're bringing. Um, but now people are kind of getting it as we've um, have our virtual tour and stuff like that going on and other programs that we're forming and partnerships that we're forming. People are starting to get it. So it's, it's going much better than the first year, that's for sure. <laughs> well, you know, it's, and I think, again, people were like, you know, I, I know, you know, there have been some documentaries, some shows that have come out that have also, you know, gotten some um, hits in the media about sanctuaries and about these exotic animals that are being held as pets or start off as pets. And then there, people are like, what do we? How do I feed a tiger? I mean, it wasn't yeah. that long ago. Do y'all remember when there was a tiger that got loose on League Line Road? Yes. yes. Um, I sat in Sergeant Wadler's office. He was the guy in charge of that at the time. And I was like, what if that had been a full-grown tiger? What would you have done? And I actually, if uh, I don't know if you guys know or not, but in 2012, that happened in northeastern Ohio. And I was sitting on standby when a gentleman in Zanesville uh, let loose 58 large dangerous carnivores. I remember that. So the Zanesville what? massacre. The yes. Yeah. It made national yeah. news. And so crazy. those things have happened on a much larger scale that we need to learn from. So, and wait, so, so were these his animals? They were his mm-hmm. animals. He had just gotten out of prison for illegal guns. Uh, and we see that when there's other illegal things, it's oh, all yeah. kind of tied yeah. into one. Right. Um, I have a friend who teaches at Teeks uh, First Responders, and he's like, this guy from Oklahoma, the SWAT team went in, and this guy threw his cougars on top of him so they couldn't get to him. Like, stories like that are coming out, but they're not being shared or publicized or anything like that to know wow. that this is a huge epidemic across the United States of large, dangerous carnivores being kept as pets. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 
That's crazy. Mm-hmm. So, but so y'all do, and y'all do more than bears. This is going to be open to more than just the it, note the etc part, right? Of yeah, the etc <laughs> part on the end. Yes. Um, yeah. So currently we have birds and reptiles. Um, so we have large and small tortoises and turtles. We have um, parakeets. We had a big rescue that it'll be a year next week that someone released over a hundred parakeets into oh. remember, a park. I remember seeing that. Yes. And y'all um, were out there collecting them. Yes. And we ended up with fifty-one. Um, mind you, these were babies. They were just new fledglings bought from a pet store um, that were released as a part of a um, religious organization's annual ritual. But here, our seasons are a little bit different than theirs. Um, So we really wanted to, if I wasn't so busy, one of my goals last year was to get in contact with them and connect them with local wildlife rehabbers so they can release uh, releasable animals that are native and right. not non-native species. So they can still practice their religious freedoms, right, which right. they have every right to, um, but at the same time... Be respectful do it of with, the animals that are, right, that are right. Na- yeah. normal to that habitat. Yeah, because exactly. it is illegal to yeah. release non-native species into the wild. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So we are currently at 63 parakeets um, in our aviary mm-hmm. that we built in our backyard. So Wow. Yeah. That is probably one heck of an aviary. <laughs> yes. So have you found have you found your ideal pla- ideal place yet? Um where you want to eventually So our goal is Montgomery County. Mm-hmm. Um we need twenty acres because unlike the rest of the state, um Harris County and Montgomery County and other counties around the big cities do have exotic animal laws. Mm-hmm. So we can't build an enclosure within a thousand feet of somebody's home and we also can't build within a mile of a school. So twenty acres give us gives us that buffer. Uh-huh. Um and every time we find a place, it's bought up. We are the mm. fastest growing county in the yeah. nation. Yes. So yeah, it's, it's really crazy. difficult to be like, hey, I want this piece of land. Right. Mm-hmm. But can you wait on us to fundraise to get right. it? You know, yeah. Yeah. so uh, that's been the most difficult part. Yeah. Um, is especially last year, we came off a great year of fundraising and people getting to know us and all of this stuff to uh complete standstill at the beginning of the year and canceling all of our events not knowing what was happening because of covid so Mm -hmm. um so this year um we did cancel our birthday bash which is usually the end of february Mm -hmm. um but we do have our bear crawl coming up (laughs) uh which is a montgomery county winery distillery uh brewery tour um in may like a a pub crawl crawl, only it's a bear crawl crawl. yeah i like that and then you know i can um, bear crawl yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> and then um, working on Oktoberfest, yeah. you know, which was our first big fundraiser that is barbecue co- cook off, you yeah. know, the end of October and stuff. So we're really excited to be holding that again. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. So what do you, so you, but you're originally from Indiana. Yes. So yeah, it, I'm a fifth generation farmer. Uh-huh. Um, so doing things naturally and, uh, you know, nice habitats and stuff like that not like the concrete that you see in other facilities um doing everything very naturally and having a food forest in order to feed Mm -hmm. the bears i became a master gardener down here because farming down here is a lot different than it is in indiana i'll tell you what and you can walk 10 feet and you need to uh uh um farm a little bit different uh than with that black gumbo i tell Um, you (laughs) it's it's interesting um so yeah so and so here you are in Texas. Okay, so, and you've been here, you said you kind of moved here whenever with work and everything like that, mm-hmm. but you moved here permanently, what, about five years ago? Yeah, five or six years ago. Yep. So, I, and, and so as somebody starting a brand new nonprofit, how amazing is this community as far as showing up for to support not only animals, but nonprofits in general? Um, I feel more at home here than I do back home. Really? And, you know, I am this person that has friends everywhere Mm -hmm. and, you know, and so it's easy for me, but like this community, they have just believed in me, uh, for the most part, (laughs) you know, there are some of those like, what are you doing? You crazy lady. Um, (laughs) but you're you're easily excitable and you're friendly Mm -hmm. and you're ebullient and all of those wonderful words. Yeah. You're, you're, but I at the same the time, like the people that showed up at our first fundraiser, I was just like in tears because there were people that I didn't think like I had kind of a, okay, yeah, they believe in me, but you know, do they really, you know, do they get yeah. it? And the people that are getting it and showing up, I'm just like in tears every time it makes me so happy. That's, that's <laughs> so great. Awesome. That's so great. Well, I want to take a quick break. I want to come back. I want to talk about your timeline, find out how we can get people involved. Um, And then I want to hear some more of your stories because I know that you have some really amazing 
stories of animals, of people, and the facts out there that there are so many people that have neighbors that have bears that they don't know about. Um, because I think that that is, I think that's so intriguing, mm-hmm. kind of like the wolf sanctuary that we have mm-hmm. in Montgomery. So, you know, it, it, it's a growing problem that isn't getting the recognition that it deserves. So, right. so anyway, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. Make sure if you're going out for lunch that you're tuning in live on the Moxie Innovative Facebook page or on 104.5 or 106.1 if you are in the Conroe area. Or, of course, you can tune into OurLoneStar.com. This is Toast of the Town with Christy and Mel. We'll be right back. Hey, y'all. It's DJ Mike from Dan Simon, Texas. Join me Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. as I count down the top 10 Texas Red Dirt songs that are packing the dance floor. I'll be featuring local artists and the story behind the hits, shows in the area, as well as new songs that make you want to dance. It's Dance Time in Texas with DJ Mike on Lone Star Community Radio, 104.5 KCZW and 106.1 KZCC, Conroe, Texas, or online, IRLoneStar.com. Path to the Plate is a research-based education program that helps consumers understand how their food choices impact their health by making the connection to agriculture, learning about how food is grown and produced, and how consumers can make better food choices for themselves and their families. Path to the Plate is all about dispelling myths and misconceptions. Find out more online at pathtotheplate.tamu.edu. We are Texas A&M AgriLife Extension, helping Texans make their lives better. A Lone Star Community Radio is ready for the summer. If you or anyone you know is looking for summer internship opportunities, A Lone Star Community Radio is a great place to grab the mic and be on the air. A Lone Star Community Radio offers a great opportunity to those interested in learning about the radio world all year round. Be an on-air personality, talk show producer, or YouTube TV podcast editor. Contact the station at info at IRLoneStar.com or call the station's message line at 936-647-3776. What can the Better Living for Texans program do for you? You can learn how to increase your consumption of fruits and vegetables, choose foods that are relatively inexpensive and good to eat, make your food dollars last longer, prepare quick, nutritious meals, help your children learn how to eat healthier snacks, and much more. Our program is committed to helping people like you improve your health through providing research-based nutrition education in a friendly, cost-free, and relaxed environment. We are Texas A&M AgriLife Extension, helping Texans make their lives better. Welcome back, everybody, to Toast of the Town with Christy and Mel. We are here today just having a great time. Sorry, sorry, it's my phone. I'm sorry. Sorry, sorry. 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 It's always somebody in some technology. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Listen to you. Sorry. sorry. Oh my gosh, you're never going to have me back. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, we are back here today with Katie Krause, correct? Yes. Am I, am I saying that correctly? Yes. Okay, and I'm excited because I know her now because everybody else knows her. I know. I feel like and I need to say it with She has such like, interesting things. I feel like I need to say it with like a German accent, though. Oh, Krause. Yes, it's Krause. very. Katie Krause. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> And your husband is Ambrose, right? Yeah, Ambrose. Ambrose, oh. which I think is just such a cool name. Oh, yeah. Ambrose. Everybody, I, you've seen him. Yes. You've seen yeah. him. Uh, everybody thinks he's like from Australia or something like that oh. because of his hat that yeah. he wears. Yes. And he's very, but no, he's very German. <laughs> very German. With that name? With that name? Yeah. Yes, he is. Yes. And he's so kind. And, he, mm-hmm. and I just oh, yes. love the fact... You know, there aren't a whole lot of men who would say, who, you know, hey, I want you to put this bear costume on. And I've, and I mean, he does. And, and I he, definitely married and, up. And, I, and like for hours. Like yes. It's, it's quite impressive. Mm-hmm. Yes. That he, you know, and takes and pictures with the kids. Yes. yes. He, he gets in. Like bear bear mode, Polson uh-huh. mode. His our bear's name is Polson, named after a woman who fought for captive bears and mm-hmm. has written several books. She passed away from cancer a couple years ago, but um, she helped get the polar bears out of the Mexican circus and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. that's who he's named after is Elise Polson. So, uh, but yes, he is amazing in that bear costume and he is actually an introvert. So even more so uh, for him to go out to functions and stuff with me, it's taken a lot of effort for him to come out. So high five him whenever you see him and tell him Aww. good job. So, so did y'all meet over 
over this love and commitment to animals or is this something yes. that yes hmm. yeah at the last facility we worked at in northeast indiana he's from northwest well his family is uh, part of them is currently in northwest ohio he's originally from colorado um and so he was volunteering at the facility that i ended up working at yes so. wow very nice and so he just jumped on board and said yeah we're gonna do this yeah yeah yep so what specifically because it's one thing to care about a cause and support a cause mm-hmm. and, and champion it donate money for it raise money for it it's something totally different to start something from scratch mm-hmm. so to me it's telling me okay well obviously you work for animals obviously that's a huge part of who you are as a human um and that's a beautiful thing but something there had to be some stories that drove you to say okay i'm gonna do more than just champion this cause i'm going to be on the front lines and and carry the banner can you share with us some of that yeah so when i came back to um work at that facility in northeast indiana and within my first month i was going on a bear rescue Mm -hmm. um going on a bear hunt (laughs) um and seeing the bears living in three to four inches of filth and cleaning that up and with an inch of scum on their water while they're volunteers sat on the front porch smoking cigarettes not helping us at all um seeing them in the middle of october it was october 21st um and they were skinny like bears should be fat right, right. they're prepping for winter right um and you're in indiana where and we're in cold. indiana right. yeah we're 30 minutes from michigan um 45 minutes from ohio right. so we get the lake effect off of lake michigan coming across because the glaciers came across northern indiana and so it's flat cornfields just like you see in the movies it really is that way um and so i was like why are these bears so skinny like why aren't they fat why aren't you know why aren't they prepping and the person didn't care he fed them what he could um And that's why he ended up losing his animals because of Mm. neglect and abuse of the animals. So that was the first thing of realizing that there are more bears across the country in these same conditions, not able to hibernate because they don't have enough food in their system to be able to sleep through the winter like they're supposed to. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Then um, bringing those bears back to the facility Um, They had to quarantine for the winter, and so we fed them, fed them, fed them, you know, two and three meals a day to get them up to weight that they should have been. And letting them out into their natural enclosures and seeing them do natural bear stuff that they had never exhibited before in their entire life, Um, trying to climb trees, but because they were raised on concrete with no trees, they can't. They didn't build up the muscles that are meant to climb trees, but still seeing them trying, seeing them take a watermelon and roll it up their body and throw it to the ground to bust it open to be able to eat the insides out. it just like yeah, it's just amazing. Yeah. Um, then you know the same thing happened with the tigers. The same thing happened you know with the cougars. The same thing happened with the wolf family that were separated and then brought back together at the facility I was working at. Like all of those stories of resilience in these animals um, is just uh, mm. our why is Mamie. Uh, Mamie, if you look up, um, oh my gosh, now I can't remember the name of the town, the Ripley bear. Mm -hmm. So this, uh, Ripley, Ohio is along the Ohio river and up on the hill was a big house that housed, um, escaped slaves Mm -hmm. as they were moving from up from the South. Um, and so this is a historic site that people would come, uh, and visit and you look down the hill in the town and in a corn crib um you'll have to look up what a corn crib is they're pretty popular across the midwest and they do just that they hold corn for the winter to feed out to cattle so they are uh heavy gauge wire uh, metal mesh Mm -hmm. in concrete with a top on it right and that's what most of the animals live in across the Midwest at these exotic animal facilities, um, black backyard menageries and stuff. But this is in the middle of a town called Ripley, Ohio. Okay. So people were calling and saying, why are these bears living in this 20 foot diameter corn crib? Like, you know, people had called in, but it wasn't illegal to have them in the middle of this town. Right. <laughs> so, um, it's Sorry. a small town, you know, no stop signs or anything like that or stop lights. There's stop signs, but like, so this bear lived, 22 years in this corn crib and her um, 
friend had passed away in December from stomach cancer. He had a big tumor in his stomach. And after he passed away, the bear, the guy was going in with the bear and the bear crushed his hand. Well, she just crushed it because her canines had been broken off as a baby. So that way, if she did bite him, it she didn't do much damage. Right. And we see this like so often. Yeah. I, we have so many animals that are, mm. she was declawed too. Her claws were pulled out. Uh, he admitted pulling them out with pliers oh my gosh. Um, because oh. it's illegal to declaw the animals per the Animal Welfare Act, um, especially tigers and lions and um, cougars and stuff like that. Um, but people do it anyways. They find vets that'll do it. Um, so, um, so she already had arthritis and cause she was living on concrete her entire life. Um, she had never had honey. She had never had oranges. She'd only been like hot dogs and dog food and stuff like that. That's like the diet that people feed them. <laughs> and so it's uh-huh. just like, I saw this bear. It was president's day. We went and rescued her. She was 130 pounds, which she oh should have been 300. Yeah. Um, and um, her short little stubby feet, you know, for walking on because they had, you know, you decline is the amputation of the end of a toe. Yeah. Um, and just scared, head throwing a lot of what we call stereotypic behaviors of pacing and all of that stuff. Like she, and, she um, sh- yes. Yeah. yeah. And so we got her back to the facility I was working at. And then um, after her quarantine was done, so we keep them in a smaller enclosure and then move them out of quarantine into their big enclosure. So the first, when we first let her out the first week, she paced that same 20-foot diameter circle in this huge half-acre enclosure. So then we had to do other things for her enrichment and blocking some of her paths and making her choose other paths and getting her brain to work better to bring her out of this psychosis that she yeah. was in. Yeah. Um, I relate it kind of to mental illness. It's not mm-hmm. this, exactly the same, but that's the easiest way for people to kind of understand it. Well, right. if, you, if, um, you, if you grow up confined in a space like yeah. that, you learn that those are your natural boundaries. And I can right. only that's imagine you know. that with an animal that that's mm-hmm. even right. worse. Yeah. Right. So similar to cribbing and horses yeah, yeah. Uh, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Although there's not the endorphin release with this right. type of thing right. like there is with cribbing um, or dogs barking and digging. You know, it's mm-hmm. an endorphin release. It's an excitement thing but with these guys it's like it's just like psychosis yeah you know they just walk Mm. so eventually she came out of that she then um was befriended by the other bear that was blind and i'll tell her story here too um and then she lived there until three years ago um she ended up with cancer and passed away but her last years of living were amazing right um she got to be what bears are meant to be as you know with you know, being inside of cage still, but giving the freedom to make the choices whether she wanted to be inside or outside because we've rescued bears that have never had indoor enclosures in their entire lives, mm-hmm. you know, uh, who trouble. My favorite bear had to scrape up the dirt in his own feces and decaying materials in order to keep him warm during the winter because he didn't have inside enclosures um, to get out of the weather yes. in oh central God. Indiana. Now this, and what gets me is, you know, you, you have these people, number one, you know, how in the world did they get these animals? And I know there are black markets, you know, right. but no, it's completely legal. You can buy a bear cub for 300 to $500 and have it as a, pe- as a pet in most States. No questions asked. Right. A registered dog these yeah. Days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In the state of Texas, you just need a $50 large dangerous carnivore permit. If you're outside of like Montgomery County or Harris County. But, and what, what gets me is why, I mean, I guess, this person who declawed this poor bear, which just absolutely makes my skin crawl, mm-hmm. you know, just like, on, oh, I think I'll get a bear. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. not no other purpose. He was no cool. Other- he was, you know, people. Um, um, he was a Vietnam veteran. So he had PTSD. He had a hard time making friends and relating to people. But this was the common denominator. Everybody wanted um, to come see the bear. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he was cool again. He was important again, yeah. you know, type of thing. Um, same with that Terry Thompson at the Zanesville massacre. He was a veteran, PTSD, you know, mental health not being treated, mm-hmm, things mm-hmm. of that nature. Um, I, I don't say that that it's all veterans or anything like that, but right, some right. of it is mental illness. If you watch The Elephant in the Living Room. Uh, award-winning documentary about exotic animals, the elephant in the room being the exotic pet trade. That Terry <laughs> um, also was a Vietnam veteran, got this lion, and then got this lioness cub because it loved them. Um, it was someone he felt cared for. It was it was a new, I can take mm-hmm, care of it. It mm-hmm. was a new... Um, it was a family kind of... Right, yeah. yeah, yeah. This It loved him and he loved them 
you know, with all of their heart, you know. Yeah. Um, and they're they're just like our dogs and cats, only large and dangerous eat, because they eat. play yeah. with you and they hurt you. They don't necessarily yeah, attack like, you. Yeah. yeah. They're not um, to, but they're yeah. strong. They don't know their own yeah. strength. Yeah. They don't know that we're a delicate human. Yeah. And yeah. Delicate. <laughs> and, <laughs> right. Exactly. I mean, they swat you and it breaks yeah. your neck and they don't realize how fragile humans <laughs> right. are. Yeah. You know? It's like um, the mouse and men or... Of yeah. mice and men. Mouse yes, and men. exactly. Yeah. He didn't realize he was big petting that little yeah. mouse that he, he just kept killing the mice. Yeah. So, unfortunately, you know... And they're kind of loved to death because they don't have the proper um, enclosures, um, enough food, you know, money to feed them, knowledge to keep them, you know, and stuff like that. The two lions and the elephant in the living room owned by that Terry, he kept them in a horse trailer, Mm. you know, until our friends at Outreach for Animals went and helped him build an enclosure. So, um, Mm. so yeah. And then the blind bear, um, Betsy. Uh, she was, this is the other side of that exotic pet trade. She was a bait bear. So she was chained to a tree or a pole and bear hunting dogs were allowed to attack, attack her to lose her fear of, or so the dogs lose their fear of the bears. So they'll tree a bear so it can be shot. Um, so she was blind, um, and her front left leg was broken and healed kind of sideways and she used that as her walking stick around the habitat to find her way um and she used the sweet and again teeth broken she still had her claws but this is the other side and that's still it's illegal but still done in one of the states out east and still legal in wisconsin that is nuts wow and they just buy the cubs and raise them up to do that that's what they're raised for wow um well, speaking of, you know, documentaries, if you will, um, obviously, you know, we all we're all still, you know, recovering from, you know, COVID quarantine. Um, and at the <laughs> and beginning, the train wreck. <laughs> and at the beginning, the biggest talk, because uh, everybody was was, you know, finding some kind of common inside. ground was uh, Tiger King. Yeah. And, you know, and, we, and it we've was, had a question from somebody. And it was already. it was quite it's a train wreck you know the whole story yeah but it's sadly true it is very true um and i have threats from him uh from (laughs) work back clear back in 2009 when we started speaking out against him um so he is not a nice person he is everything on that show and more they did not show his bad side that was his best behavior that he was on (laughs) Um, so oh my goodness. He, he's not a nice person and he has videos of himself playing veterinarian and sewing up his own tigers without anesthesia, you know, and stuff like that, um, that he was posting himself <laughs> like on his YouTube channel That's, that were then a couple years later taken down, but yeah. they are still held somewhere. Mentally unstable. He, yes, he like, is very not well in the head. Oh my gosh. Um, his reality is totally different than everybody else's. He's. Uh, up to now still thinks that he did nothing wrong. And the abuse and neglect of not only the animals, but the people that were helping yeah. him, that is completely true. The drugs, keeping them addicted to keep them there and that nobody wanted them and that they will never find a place in this world if they ever leave there. And um, so, yes, that is exactly who he is. Well, tell me this. Do you think that, uh, you know, that that show, I mean, you know, as far as, as, you know, documentaries or any kind of insight into the exotic animal world goes was obviously the biggest spotlight, you know, uh, attention getter to, Mm -hmm. to actually get people's attention. Do you think it helped bring light to the truth or do you think it, do you think some people just got caught up in the, the crazy drama-ness of it? I think a lot of people got caught up in the crazy drama of mm-hmm. it until they met me and asked me about it and yeah. then I'm just like no that's for real and also finding out it's not a true documentary they actually were paid a lot of money to be in this mm-hmm. video um, and yeah. having to correct people that they really made it one sided mm-hmm. you know um, and they actually invited the sanctuary world because they said it was going to be the next blackfish only for captive tigers and so some of the things that they did initially with carol and then she's like no nobody else do this you know and stuff like that um because they were it was getting turned around and it did 
you know, once production was done, it really was turned around to just be for entertainment mm-hmm. and not right. a true well, it, documentary. It, it came off as an entertainment. Yeah. It came off. It wasn't yeah. a documentary. It was because I've seen Blackfish and that yeah. was very. Right. Yeah. And you knew going at like stories from when I was a kid of SeaWorld and all that. And I watched Blackfish and I was like, yikes. Like, yeah, that's it goes even deeper. But it was a true documentary and you learn something about it. Tiger King was just, it's like, well, I mean, I, entertainment. And it I wasn't. Think, and, and that's kind of what I wonder if the, the point behind the way that they did it um, was, I mean, obviously entertainment value, we're going to make some money off this. Okay. Mm-hmm. I get it. But, you know, I know that, you know, at first it's like you, you're watching it and it's like, oh my gosh, just crazy. <laughs> people are crazy. All this like this nuts. can't be real. But, yeah. Like, but, and but, but then they start, especially towards the end, you know, and you really start seeing, what was going on with these animals. And then after, of course, then after the show and all of the hoopla and everything, they, that there were other videos and backstories mm-hmm. and um, things that came to light that weren't included mm-hmm. with the show um, that I think brought some attention to what is actually going on and how real this is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you that out of all of those guys, um, Tim Stark no longer has any animals and is right. uh, in Perfect. prison. Mm-hmm. Joe is in prison. Right. Jeff Lowe is losing his animals as we speak. Uh, he's been um, told to, by the state of Oklahoma, get rid of all of his females and all of the cubs that he has on his property currently at his new Thackerville location. Mm-hmm. Um, Doc Antle is in the midst or in the beginnings of court cases about to lose his animals as well. Um, so they're all going down thank goodness and those are the biggest breeders in the united states good i mean at least something positive yeah yeah i think it kicked the officials the courts into high gear right because now this is totally public people are seeing this Mm -hmm. and they're gonna get a lot of flack if they don't do something about it now right because the usda like they have actually downsized and restructured over the last five years in our area, we've been through three USDA inspectors, mm-hmm. wow. and they not only inspect the exotic animals, but they inspect the cattle ranches. They inspect, you know, they right. have more than just that, and so they don't have time to, to go back. To and right. yeah, so it's just a lot of work. And a, so we started back in 2009 speaking out against him and calling USDA. So that's how long it's taken for him to be arrested or in charged. But only because he has the two murder for hires. Right. The court cases had started, but only because the two murder for hires did he really get, right. you know, um, charged and things moved a little faster. Right. Okay, so now I've got to ask the next question. And then we're going to move along. Okay, so is Carol Baskin the real deal? Um, she is a very nice person. Mm-hmm. And she had, I was at the Big Cat Sanctuary Alliance, um, to, not last fall, but the fall before, and um, she's like, if you need any help with um, how to write articles for the newspapers and press releases and stuff like that, she's like, I'll help you. Oh, that's great. So, Thanks. yeah. And I actually had a meeting with Big Cat Sanctuary Alliance, and she was there this morning um, just before coming here. Really? Yes. That's so exciting. Very so cool. it's a group of very great um, organizations and people fighting for these animals. Yeah. So I'm Good. very blessed that they let the bear lady into <laughs> the cat sanctuary alliance. And they always laugh, but Lions, they know tigers and bears. Yes. Yeah. They know uh how much uh this means to me to yeah. because if uh the big cat public safety act gets passed then bears will get added on after that. But right yeah. now it's the big cats are the focus. Right. So you mentioned that there aren't that not every state and not every municipality in every state um, actually has legislation that um, is geared towards protecting these animals and making sure that they're that they are being raised in habitats that um, are suitable to them mm-hmm. tell us about that do you have to have a permit to get these animals so depending on the animal um, so so for us um, black bears are a native species so we have to have a Texas Parks and Wildlife permit along with a large dangerous carnivore permit. If we were to do brown bears then we wouldn't need the Texas Parks and Wildlife because they're not a native species. So anything native so bobcats, cougars, things of that nature, wolves um, then you have to have those um, both permits. If, if you're open to the public 
and charging admission, you have to have a USDA license. Okay. USDA basically says they have to have enough room to stand up, turn around, and lay down. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of gray area, and that depends on your USDA inspector what they say. Yeah, because that's, um, that, that's kind of some loose guidelines. Right. Yeah. They're very loose guidelines. Um, so then the state of Texas, they have a large dangerous carnivore permit. Um, if you're in Montgomery County, then animal control has to come out and inspect um, your facilities as well. Um, and then, um, like I said earlier, you know, we can't build an enclosure within a thousand feet of somebody's home mm -hmm. or within a mile of a school. Um, now, are, are these all, um, uh, laws that were enacted recently or have these been around for a long time here in Montgomery County? Um, I want to say that Montgomery County laws were updated in 2015. I'd have to go back and look at that. Was that around um, the tiger time? Because, that, and, and the reason why I asked um, that is because, you know, again, I think a lot of people, you know, are, aren't aware that, right. that these things actually exist right, right here. Right. Yeah. You know? I mean, you know, it's one thing whenever you're thinking, oh, that's Oklahoma, you know, they're, they're they right. got but, you know, I mean, this is MoCo just north of Houston, Texas. Right. Um, and there are people that have tigers in their neighborhood. Yes. And they did have him <laughs> illegally. Yeah. Um, and they knew that um, because they had had cougars previously. Their mm -hmm. exotics vet was our exotics vet at the time. Um, and they said, yeah, we see their cougars, you know, and stuff like that. And um, it's just like, you know, drugs and guns. You know, people think they're higher better than the law or higher than the law they're not going to get caught and i think the other part of it too the public doesn't know that it's illegal they just see this guy walking a tiger cub on a leash down the sidewalk and they're like oh that's cool let me pet it you know and stuff like that um and so they don't even think that anything could possibly be wrong because they would follow the rules right well, if they needed a permit right. they would get a permit right and, and everybody think, just assumes and you would right. think if somebody was out in public walking their tiger that oh well obviously he's not smart, hiding they're it. smarter than me yeah yeah yeah. Hiding it. yeah. Um, and he was. And then as tax day floods, he tied it in the backyard, evacuated um, for flooding, and then it got and loose. And uh, yeah. In uh, that water crest. Yeah. Right there at Legal oh, yeah. It's, it's like, yeah. Right, it's right where I live. It's right where I live. It's right there. Um, um, so, yeah. Um, and then the lady in Houston who um, had several tigers living in her garage illegally um and monkeys and other things and she's like well the police came in and if there was a problem cps would have come and got my kids and i'm like well cps also has to have you know a paper trail as well they can't just right. go in and take your kids right. um and she's like they came in and took pictures with them and stuff well, they were collecting evidence she allowed them through the door right. allowed them to play with the animals um and was just like yeah this is cool she posts all over her facebook and her instagram and uh then she you know got arrested for having them illegally um and this was like the year after the conroe tiger cub and then just Last January was the tiger in the garage in Houston. So it's not Jeez. like these people think they're just getting away with it. I think on the other hand, too, most police officers don't know the right. exotic animal laws. Yeah, of course. They can't know 100% of right. the time right. everything right. that, you how know. how often is it that you run into a tiger right? in the garage? Yeah. Like, um, what do yeah. we do here? Yeah, Let's, yeah. Hold they, on, let me Google this. And I'm like, <laughs> let me radio, and then they're like, you're crazy. There's a tiger? Yes, yeah. there's a tiger. Yeah, there's a tiger. I mean, you know, it just... My, I've got two teenagers, and my life is enough of a circus. Right. I can't imagine adding in a bear and a tiger <laughs> into the household. I mean, it's, and I guess, you know, I remember, you know, like when my mom was little or, you know, she grew up and told me this story, you know, it was all the rage that everybody was getting, you know, baby alligators and stuff, and they mm -hmm. flushed them down the toilet. Yeah. So, you know, I've heard this story. And, you know, it's one of those things that, I, now how people don't think, oh, well, it's going to get big. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And how am I going to feed a right. full-grown tiger or a full-grown bear? Yeah. And how am I going to be able to care for them in a sensible nature? It, it, it absolutely blows my mind. But yeah. It, it's even like that with dogs. Well, this yeah. is true. It is. Puppies. And then, yeah. you know, this Great Dane puppy. And, oh, it's so cute. And look at how... I, I didn't realize it was going to get big. And all big. of a sudden, it's the size of a pony. Yeah. And they're like, oh, well... And you can't afford the food bill. Yeah. 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 And... It's like, yeah. come on, man. Yeah. yeah. Well, just last <laughs> week in San Antonio, a tiger jumped, a tiger cub jumped the fence, and the gal called 911. It's like, there's a tiger in the backyard. And they're like, you got to be kidding. Like, no, there's not. A, and she's like, no, and had to send them video to shoot, 
show that they there's a tiger in the backyard well by the time the police got there the person that owned the home had taken the tiger back to the original owner who also lived within city limits so highly illegal um and it's just like had that been a pit bull incident it would have been all over the news their names would have been shared but Mm -hmm. they're not sharing any of the names or the addresses or anything like that for this tiger and i'm just like now this is like Mm -hmm. you know they're doing something illegal Mm -hmm. like yeah. Mm. Yeah. On top of everything else. Right. On right. top of everything else. Yeah. Right. So how can people support you and support bears, et cetera, and give these animals a chance at a second life? Um, we are looking for board members. Um, we have four more seats that can be filled. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're always looking for volunteers to help at our events. Um, our bear crawl coming up, um, three-hour shift, and you get paid with wine, beer, and whiskey. Hey, right? Hey. <laughs> uh, <laughs> over Menor- Memorial Day weekend. Um, so buy a ticket, come out, taste, um, come out, work, you know, um, become just a regular volunteer to do outreach and stuff like that for us. Um, we do a lot of outreach in the community, whether it's going to chamber events or having booth spaces at pop-up markets and stuff like that to sell our shirts. Um, the way we have it set up that our shirts and everything like that, that we sell pay for our operating budget. So that way all the money that we fundraise for goes into our capital campaign. Mm -hmm. And, um, if you know somebody with 20 acres or more that, um, they are selling or want to donate or leave a family legacy that are the, uh, campus gets named after their family, something of that nature. Um, we're willing to work with you, you know, for that, or, pay for part of it, donate part of it, um, tax write-off right. type purposes. If you've got 100 acres and you want to donate 20 of it for us to use for like 10, 15 years to get us our start, um, you know. And the immediate – the ask is now. There are six bears in need of immediate placement as of last week. Wow. Um, because COVID has done a number not only on, you know – us, you know, and affected us here, but also the roadside zoos that aren't getting the visitors mm-hmm. through. The first things that get cut Nothing. out of the budget mm-hmm. are going to be your bears that eat 40 pounds of produce a day, you know, and stuff like that because they cost so much to house and feed. Yeah. Um, so there are currently six bears in need of placement that wow. have nowhere to in go. In this area? Um, they're not in this area, okay. no. But, um, they're, but they're around. But they're around, yes. Yeah. yeah. So how do they find you? How can they locate you? Um, our website, uh, bearsetc.org. Um, we are revamping that, so bear with us a little bit. <laughs> uh, not everything is up there anymore. Our Facebook page is our most active. Uh-huh. Um, so Bears ETC uh, on Facebook, Instagram, Bears ETC TX, and on Twitter, Bears ETC TX as well. So if you are listening today, really go and go and read the stories. Katie is such a, a go-getter. I mean, I, I, I see you all over the place. I love that you're sharing this story and doing it so passionately that people are catching on and realizing what an issue this is literally in our own backyard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, there are currently a thousand bears in need of placement across the United States living in people's backyards. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah. Not even roadside wow. zoos and stuff like that. Yeah. Backyards. Yeah. Backyard. <laughs> like, yeah. Bear in your backyard. It's crazy. Like, well, thank you so much for coming on today, for, for telling us the story. Make sure you go check out Bears, etc. I promise you the information is is really, really close to home. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as animal lovers ourselves, um, you know, it's an important time for all of us to take action, take care of those that can't take care of themselves. So um, anyway, thank you all for joining us. I didn't realize we were having tunes already, mm-hmm. but it's time to go. It is. It, <laughs> it is. goes by so fast. It does. Yes. Because it's, it's so, so much fun. I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Katie, it was a pleasure to Katie, meet you. Katie. It was a pleasure to meet uh, you, Cheers too. to you. Yes. Cheers. For definitely being cheers. one of the best in Montgomery County. Thanks for taking care of our animals. If you have a story that you want to share or a cause that you'd like to get some attention to, be sure and let us know. Contact us at Moxie Innovative on the Facebook page. And make sure you tune in every Wednesday between 12 and 1 as we toast the best in Montgomery County, just like bears, etc. We've got great shows coming up. We do have great shows coming up, so make sure you like and follow us so you can watch us live. Katie, thanks again. Lindsay, always wonderful to have you here. Y'all make it a great week and stay warm this weekend. Yeah.